Dunker here with Cameron Brooks, and welcome to another episode of the Cameron Brooks Podcast, Above and Beyond. In this podcast, I catch up with Cameron Brooks alumnus Nick Sakalis, who's a former Navy officer that works for a strategic consulting firm called Liberty Advisors. Uh, I really enjoyed catching up with Nick, as I do all of our alum, and what I particularly liked about Nick is uh, some of his advice that he talked about, about you know, getting in, into your company and being intentional and proactive to know people, build rapport, and take time to learn from others. And finally, just do everything well, no matter how mundane the task or the responsibility is. It's a pretty common theme I hear from a lot of our alum uh, talk about in terms of onboarding and starting your career. Uh, so, well, I really love that advice. I also like his, uh, um, his best advice he ever received, which is, don't always have to have the right answer. Just have to get to the right place with the person. Um, I, I've always said that as well, that don't always need to be the person that's right. Just need to get to the right place. And sometimes we confuse those two things and end up hurting a relationship. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, and, uh, of course, to you know, there's always some other great ones you can download and listen to. I encourage you to do that and uh, enjoy the podcast with Nick. Nick, thank you for joining us on the, the podcast and appreciate you taking your time out here on a, a Monday afternoon. And Why don't we just start off with, as we do all the other podcasts, take a couple minutes and tell the audience about your role as a principal, a consultant at Liberty Advisors, and a little bit about what Liberty does. And that'll give us a jumping off point uh, to dive into some topics about your transition and what you do in consulting with Liberty. Sure thing. Hey, Joel, good afternoon. Uh, excited to be here. First of all, you know, I think is anyone who travels for work will tell you I love a good podcast. So I appreciate you having me on. I've been looking forward to it. Um, so Liberty Advisor Group, uh, we're a management consulting firm headquartered in Chicago that provides uh, advisory services to uh, a national client base in a variety of different industries. Um, each one of our engagements is designed to either accelerate uh, a company's growth, uh, improve operational efficiencies, or reduce risk, and sometimes a, a combination of those things. And while not exclusively, uh, the majority of our engagements focus on issues rooted in technology, so helping companies better understand the IT landscape, uh, how they can more effectively utilize technology to support their business strategy. Um, you know, we do a lot of uh, we do a lot of work um, uh, in the mergers and acquisition space, uh, including IT due diligence projects for target acquisitions, um, as well as either post merger integration or carve out separation, uh, transformation and assurance uh, initiatives. So helping companies maximize the amount of value out of uh, large uh, transformational programs. We've developed a state-of-the-art business threat intelligence uh, offering uh, to help our clients um, better protect their uh, intellectual property as well as their uh, customers and their vendors. Uh, and data and analytics, um, so helping companies overcome those issues that organizations face nowadays with uh, with data issues, uh, understanding the critical elements that um, you know, are actionable and can provide measurable impact to the bottom line. So that's a little bit about Liberty. I think my experience has primarily been within the M&A space, um, specifically helping a very large 
global historically manufacturing organization uh, position themselves as a technology leader within their industry. So, you know, how do they do that? They've done some buying and selling of uh, different capabilities within the past few years. So a lot of inorganic uh, growth activity. Um, and our team has led the effort to separate the technology, the assets, applications, related infrastructure. Um, so when you read in the paper that, you know, one company sold a business unit to another company, or maybe they spun it off into its own standalone entity, uh, in addition to the extensive planning that takes place up front, there's really about, I'd say, two years of work to physically separate those companies after the transaction has taken place. So uh, it's not really something that I was too familiar with when I started here. Uh, it's been a, a steep learning curve for sure, but uh, I really enjoyed it and uh, you know, continue to enjoy it and, and, and learned a lot in the process. So, so a lot of what you do is information technology related. It sounds like that that's Liberty's niche. Well, it is strategic consulting. It is strategic consulting focused on uh, really the IT aspects of a maybe a merger or a solution or something to that effect. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think I think that's accurate. Um, you know, it's difficult to separate. I think at times technology strategy from business strategy. They really need to to complement one another effectively. Um, and so there are a lot of complex issues that uh, need to be considered. Certainly it's a it's a changing landscape. Uh, you know, you can't turn on the TV on a weekend without seeing advertisements for different cloud-based platforms and things of that nature. So yeah, we try to help, uh, help companies uh, find their way um, kind of through all of that. So yep, I think you've captured it well. So Nick, you know, you know, one of the things I find interesting is that you had your MB. Well, maybe what you should do, and then I could ask you this question: Is you told us what you do now, and what Liberty does. How did you get there? Where did you go to school? You got a master's degree. What did you do in the military? Like, how did any of this, what you did in your past, qualify you to go to work for Liberty? Sure. Yeah, good question. So, yeah, I graduated from the Naval Academy uh, in 2006 with a bachelor's degree in systems engineering. Uh, spent uh, close to 10 years in naval aviation, so a couple different squadrons, uh, a handful of uh, different administrative roles. You know, partnered with Cameron Brooks a little over two years prior to the targeted transition date. Um, you know, knew I wanted to pursue a career in business. So while I was stationed in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, in the few years before I, I transitioned out of the service, I uh, picked up an MBA uh, from the University of Florida and, um, you know, had a, a number of great opportunities through the Cameron Brooks um, process, interview process and, and career conference. And, you know, what appealed to me about consulting is is the, um, you know, the fact that you generally work on very high level, high visibility strategic initiatives that are critical to the success of the client organization. So uh, you know, the thing that I really liked about it was just the opportunity to have, you know, at least in my own mind, uh, kind of condensed uh, experience. And so I thought that that would enable me to, to sort of catch up a bit, um, you know, to, to perhaps those in my age group that have been doing these sorts of things, you know, since they graduated from college. And and so you ask, you know, what what did I do in the Navy that, that lends itself well to this? And I think it's, it's you know, a lot of it's just around having an outcome 
uh, oriented mindset. Um, you know, we, we'd like to talk about the administrative things that we did in the military and how there are parallels to the business world. But I think that flying uh, also, uh, there's some similarities there. And it, so given a set of dynamic variables, a continuously changing environment, you know, what's the end goal? Uh, in aviation, the, the possibility of failure really never enters your mind. You, you don't even think about it. Uh, it's not an optional outcome. So yourself and your other crew members are constantly working and adapting the plan to accomplish the goal. And in consulting, at least at Liberty, you know, we really take the same approach. So maybe you've got this, you know, beautiful plan laid out uh, with these perfectly aligned Gantt charts that show how a complex set of activities is going to be executed in a period of time. Well, you know, plans change, things happen. So, you know, how are you going to adapt the plan um, and having certain milestones or anchor points that you can focus on and filling in the blanks as you need to. So I think there are uh, you know, a few really uh, key parallels that can be drawn between what we did in the military, what I did in aviation, and what we do uh, in consulting. Yeah, it's really key that failure is not an option. I, li I like that. That's a great uh Great analogy. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. When you engage with a client or when you get to engage a client, um, you know, what what is that, what is it most like, like when you go into a client's site onto their turf, if you will, and you're starting to help them uncover opportunities to be more efficient, to bring on another organization, especially since you really focus on mergers and acquisition, bringing two companies together. Ooh, that's something that for me is pretty unique. You know, I'm in somebody else's territory, their turf, they own it. I'm coming in from the outside. What's that like for you? Well, it certainly uh, could be a challenge initially. I, I think you've got to, you've got to have the ability to build uh, consensus. You know, as, as you mentioned, we're consultants. So our team has been appointed by senior C-level executives to work with their people uh, to execute a, a very important project, we'll say generally, um, you know. So our client partners that we work with on a day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, they don't report to us. We're not even employees at their company, so there's really no reason whatsoever that they should listen to us uh, unless we make them feel as though we can enable their success. So we take a partnership mentality. We call it uh, two in the box, where we're all in it together. It's not about our idea versus their idea. It's just, let's get it all out on the table. Here's our collective plan to move forward and get the job done. And one of our value propositions is that you know, we're going to make your people better. Uh, long after this specific engagement has you know, successfully completed, uh, we want to positively impact the way that our clients think about things uh, on a daily basis, um, even after the project uh, has wrapped. So it, it just... It just becomes leading through influence instead of uh, you know, leading by authority, I would say. Do clients ever resist some of the things that you're explaining to them or uh, resist some of your solutions or even resist a little bit you being on site? Because I think when you bring in a consultant for anything, there's some intervention going on. And intervention can sometimes lead to some resistance. Do you ever experience that? Sure, I think that's natural. Um, you never know what what uh, you know different 
circumstances are going on in, in different people's lives or the organization before you showed up. I mean, maybe maybe you've got clued into some of it, but yeah, I think it's perfectly natural. You know, if I worked at a company and they brought in, you know, outside resources to to do certain things, you know, maybe I was hoping to to take a leadership role in that particular project. And so I resent that presence or what have you. So, yeah, I think it's perfectly natural, but it just comes back to if if you're there for the right reasons as the consultant and you and you truly do care only about the success of the client and the success of the project that over time um, you know I find that that people will become a little bit more uh, open and, and inviting of having outside people there because it's you know again at the at the end of the day it's not about Liberty Advisor Group. I mean, we don't even like to reference our name when we're in a client setting because we view ourselves as as part of the client, working with the client and partnering with them. Uh, and it's less about something that we're doing to a client and more about what we're doing with the client and trying to, to get everybody on the same page. So um, for you, uh, did you, you've been on board for a few years now. Have you, did you read books on consulting? building trust with clients or is this something that you have just picked up because you had that course Nick you were uh, a great partner in your transition so you naturally had that but was there anything that you studied mentors or people that you read in order to help become more of that trusted advisor uh, with clients I wouldn't say that there's anything that I read I, I think one thing that benefited me um, substantially was during the last few years uh, of my time in the Navy, I was part of a team that traveled around to the different operational uh, P3 squadrons in the Navy, and we would evaluate them uh, based on their standardization practices, their ability to to operate the aircraft uh, in a safe and effective manner, and then we would read out those results to um, their senior leadership. And so it was it was a similar model in that you're you're an outside entity. Um, sort of showing up in someone else's house and that was a little bit more of like an audit type scenario um, and so we got you know some of that some of that um, you know hey we've got these kind of outside guys and gals coming in and and we don't like it so there's there was certainly a partnering mentality that we tried to take uh, in that role as well so I think that you know I was fortunate enough to be in that position where I did have some Navy experience that that lent itself well to to this type of work. Outside of like your that direct experience that you've done something like that, we've got a handful of Cameron Brooks alumni that are working at Liberty. What what do you all bring that say somebody that went to full time MBA school? It's not the, I mean, there's going to be people from industry and they bring a skill set, and that's why they've hired you. There's some diversity there of a different type of skill set that you bring. So this question isn't about why are you better than anybody else. But what is it that the JMO brings from the military that you see that Liberty and, and the clients value that diverse experience that Liberty would augment their other type of recruiting with JMOs? Yeah, well, I think, you know, one one thing that's driven, uh, driven home uh, in the military is that it's about the success of the team. The success of the team is the only thing that matters. You know, it's sure we want everybody to be successful individually, but at the end of the day, um, 
it's the team that matters. It's the mission that matters. It's the project that matters. You know, our ability as a firm to, to generate new business, um, to generate revenue, to win new business, really is a result of our reputation for successful delivery. And so I think that the, the junior military officer, you know, has that same sort of mindset uh, ingrained in them throughout their time in the military that, you know, it's not necessarily about what I'm doing uh, on a day-to-day basis that is uh, important or needs to be recognized, um, but it's about what the team is doing. And so I think that, you know, our background uh, is a pretty good fit for consulting where, you know, you're on a daily basis, you're in somebody else's house. And so you can't really afford to let your guard down. It's pretty high stakes, uh, you know, each and every day. So I think that mindset that, hey, what can I what can I do? How can I contribute to the team today? Whether it's part of my fixed set of responsibilities or not, I think just having that mindset and taking that approach is is something that uh, that's certainly valued in consulting. If you could, um, you know, there's a book called The First 90 Days, which is a great book for people making transitions and starting um, a new career. But if Nick, you wrote your own short book, blog post, pamphlet on the first like year. Hey, if you're, it's your first year in business, what would be some of the key topics that you would write about to advise other people and establishing themselves in the first year in business? Well, I think a few of them, you know, really aren't that difficult to do. You just have to, to be intentional about it and, and think a little bit about how you want your first impression to be made. And so I think you know, the first thing is just be proactive in, in getting to know people. Uh, and it can be uncomfortable at first. It certainly was for me uh, because during my time in the military, I, I didn't really know anyone outside of my family that wasn't also in the military. You know, from college uh, to people that I flew with, my social circle was entirely um, made up of other people in naval aviation. And so, there's a level of discomfort, I think, that's natural when you're all of a sudden surrounded by people who don't share your background, uh, maybe different age groups than you're used to dealing with. Uh, but I think that it's important to proactively approach others, you know, smile, look them in the eye, shake their hand, tell them that you're happy to be there, uh, and learn about what it is that they do and their experiences. Um, you know, so I think that's one thing. And then you know, another is if somebody asks you to do something, no matter how trivial or, or mundane it may seem, it's worth doing well. Uh, in any role within an organization, I think you, you'll have your fixed responsibilities, you know, what it is that, that you get paid to do. But there are numerous opportunities every day uh, where you can be the person that does the little things in a team environment that make a difference. Uh, I think of it as you know, filling in the gaps, whether that's Maybe it's something as small as coordinating refreshments for a workshop or you know, helping out with hotel reservations for team members that may be traveling in from out of town, volunteering to manage recurring administrative tasks within a team. Um, so I think that's another one. I, you know, and, and then just some fundamentals. Be responsive. Uh, get back to people quickly. If you don't have an answer right away or you'll need some time to accomplish what it is that's being asked of you, uh, just respond as soon as possible and tell them the timeline in which you'll be able to get it done. I think nobody likes when you reach out to somebody else, you don't hear back, you've got to follow up. So be responsive. Um, 
And and lastly, I, I think just asking a lot of questions. You know, I was always taught that you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Uh, now, naturally, need to balance that with finding a voice and being assertive uh, when appropriate. But uh, you certainly don't want to be in a situation where you're asked to do something or you're in front of a client uh, and, and you didn't quite know how to do that thing and you don't have the right answer when all you could have done or all you needed to do was was just ask for help. So. So ask questions is another one. And and I think that over time, you'll develop a reputation for being someone who's hardworking, has a positive attitude, uh, will do what you're asked to do. You communicate effectively, and, and then you'll see your responsibilities start to grow. So I'd say those are those are a few of the key ones. Wow, that's my highlight of the podcast right there, Nick. Love it. That's exactly that's some great nuggets of, uh, of advice. I think they're common sense. I think everybody listened to it, but... I, I think even for me, it's a reminder, you know, just to come back to some of the things that you said is be proactive in getting to know people and build rapport with them. So that's building relationships and find out what you can learn from them and then do everything well. I even did that when I was at Cameron Brooks. I think it's one of the things I did well when I first started Cameron Brooks. I made a lot of photocopies <laughs> from <laughs> Renee Brooks, our CEO. And I, I just managed a lot of paperwork for her. And I earned her trust by doing that well first. Then she gave me bigger things when she saw that I could do those little details, right? That I was serious about them. Be responsive and getting back to people, ask questions. And when you do all those things, you develop a reputation as a hardworking, positive person. That's what I took out of that. That's what I'm going to write in the blog that's associated with it. But that's, I think that that is, if anybody listening to this, that's what I would like them so far to take away. On top of that, what would you say, Nick, would be like the best advice that you've ever received that you would want to pass on to our listeners? Sure. So one of my uh, one of my commanding officers, I, I just completed my initial uh, aircraft commander check ride. So this would have been, gosh, early 2009, um, and we were debriefing in the wardroom following the flight. You know, going through what I'd done well, what I needed to work on. Uh, and, he, and he told me something that, you know, it's just kind of stuck with me. He said that as a leader, it's not your job to always know the right answer, but that it is your job to get to the right answer. And it was in the context of aviation, but I think it applies universally. Um, and certainly it's been reinforced during my time at Liberty. Um, and so, you know, no one, again, I promise, asks more questions than I do on a daily basis because it's not about having an ego or always being the person that other people go to for advice or counsel, but it's, um, you know, being on the same page as the team, being outcome oriented, asking questions, understanding the approach and having a, a collective vision with the group. And I think that's something, you know, that everyone can strive to do on a daily basis. Um, you know, on most projects, we end up sitting together in a conference room around a table at a client site, uh, and it's just a perfect opportunity to say, hey, you know, I'm dealing with this situation. I'm thinking of handling it a certain way. What do you think? Um, you know, people like to give advice, uh, and if you respect their opinion and you've demonstrated that you're willing to give it your best shot, I think they're more than happy to share their point of view on a given matter. So I think that you know, that's a that's a way that you could sort of build consensus um, and try to get, uh, you know, two heads are better than one type approach. And, you know, I think 
Two, the importance of preparation just cannot be overstated. Uh, it was true play, playing sports growing up. You know, it was true in college, uh, going to difficult classes, certainly in aviation. Uh, it was reinforced throughout the transition process that if you want to be successful in the big moments, that you have to put in the work um, ahead of time to give yourself the best chance. And, you know, it's true today. I, I think most of us are in meetings every day. Um, where you're responsible for setting the agenda, the objectives, making sure that you've got the right people um, together to work a particular issue, that you know, you've got to facilitate dialogue to to reach a desired goal. And you know, it doesn't those things don't happen by accident. You know, maybe there are people out there that uh can just show up and, and everything sort of falls into place. But that's that's certainly not me. Um, you know, I think you've you've got to spend some time uh, be intentional, be thoughtful about what you're going to say, what type of responses you may get from the room, how you're going to react to that, um, you know, all of those things. And it gets easier over time, but it's still a lot of work that goes into the day-to-day. -day. Uh, but, you know, it's fun work. And so I think preparation, being prepared, spending time, you know, in advance, uh, I'll always be a big believer in it. You know, one thing I want to jump into um another piece of advice that i wonder if you could share you travel a lot got a young family um how do you maintain uh and you use word the word intentional several times as well how do you maintain um that personal professional life because certainly you didn't leave the military to to have a less quality of life than you had in the military uh, in the business world. So how do you maintain that a good quality of life with traveling and working so hard? You know, it's certainly, uh, it's certainly something that you need to be thoughtful about. Um, you know, the bottom line is that in consulting, uh, you do spend a lot of time on the road. That's just, you know, it comes with the territory for all of the advantages that it has, you know, you do spend a lot of time on the road. Um, but one of the things that I've found is that it makes you more aware of how you spend your time when you are at home. And so, you know, a lot of times that means you've got busy weekends, you know, things that perhaps you would have squeezed into the evenings during the week and get pushed to the weekend. You know, the honeydew list uh, grows a little bit longer. But, you know, I think that's that's one way you ask, you know, how do you balance it? And, and I think it comes back to just having having an approach, having a strategy uh, around how you spend your time when you're at work uh, on the road and how you spend your time when you're at home. Uh, and it's not easy to do, but, you know, I think uh, as long as you're thoughtful about it and uh, you give it due consideration uh, and then you continuously check in with, you know, the people that uh, that are close to you, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that's set and forget. I think it, it constantly needs to be revisited and um, you know, say, hey, are there things that we could do better, you know, the time that we do spend together or, you know, we're running into any issues with the travel. And so you've got to continuously kind of update your point of view on it. But, um, you know, it has, I think, enabled me to to segment my personal professional life, um, you know, just the fact being on the road um, that when you're home, you can be home, but you just need to, to put some time and, and thought into you know, how, how you want to spend how you want to spend that time at home. Yeah, good, good. Um, you mentioned podcasts. Uh, other than 
just getting acquainted with the Cameron Brooks podcast recently, are there any other podcasts that you like to listen to, whether they be financial related, IT related, work related, workout related, personal related, you want to share with the listeners? Um, you know, there's a few good ones. I I think um you know, I like to I like to play uh golf uh when my when my wife and, and kids will part with me for a few hours. So there's some good podcasts out there and uh you know on golfing issues. I, I only bring it up in this setting because I do think that it helps to be well rounded. You know, you spend so much time at work and talking to people at work and um naturally there are some opportunities where you can talk about things other than work. So um, someone shares a, a common interest. It's uh, you have the ability to, to establish a, you know, a connection with them or, or deepen the professional relationship, which could been, which could, uh, you know, certainly benefit the firm or, or yourself down the road. So, yeah, I, I mean, planet money is a good one. They've got a, they've got a lot of like short duration um, podcasts on different topics that they cover that I like. Um, yeah, there are a couple golf ones out there, but, um, yeah, I would say, you know, mainly recently the Cameron Brooks ones and then, uh, trying to make some progress in some, uh, in some books lately. I've been spending a lot of time reading on flights. Good. Well, that's where I was going to go next. Any books you want to recommend or put out there that have resonated with you recently? Sure. I just finished one, uh, about a week or so ago. It's called, um, how will you measure your life? by mm. a gentleman named Clayton Christensen. I'm not sure you're familiar with that. Yes, I am. Yeah, so it's it's a fairly quick read. Uh, as you know, touches on a, a variety of business topics, but applies those same principles to your own life and your own career. Uh, you know, he talks about the importance of having a deliberate strategy, but also being open to emergent or unanticipated opportunities, um, what can happen if you haven't thought about or acted intentionally with respect to your life strategy and purpose and priorities. And and so I recommend it to anyone who may be at an inflection point in their career, uh, certainly any transitioning military officer. I, I took a lot away from it. Uh, I think other others would as well. Um, let's see. I'm currently reading Thinking Fast and Slow. I think I heard that one referenced on a podcast recently. It's yeah, a, it's one of my favorite books of all yeah, time. It's a, I just love it's a that. Good, yeah, it's a good one. I'm, and I just started it, so and I've got a ways to go. And it's not a, it's not a quick read, but yeah, I think um, you know, so much of my background, I imagine many others too, is is very technically oriented, both from an academic perspective uh, and in the Navy that I, I enjoy learning a little bit more about the psychological side of people and, and how we make decisions and what motivates us. So, you know, I put, um, I think you and I may have talked about this a few years ago, but uh, the book Drive by Daniel Pink is another one I think that fits into that category, you know, what motivates people, what what makes them happy professionally. Um, you know, that's that's a good one too. So. I'd say those those are uh, those are a couple of good ones I'd recommend if uh, folks yeah, haven't checked them out already. There's a lot out there, isn't there? Some great ones out there. And uh, Daniel Pink has got, I think he's even got another one out there called When. Somebody said was telling me about this the other day that I I want to read as well. I was in a presentation on sales uh, about the 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 buyers go through a specific sales journey. And Pink does a great job and to sell as human, kind of talking a little bit about some of those things. But I think he also has a book win. I haven't checked it out. I haven't verified that. 
Um, but Pink has got a lot of great stuff. Yeah, yeah, he does a nice job. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll look into it. And you mentioned too when you were say you were, you talked about when you were getting out of the military. Um, just kind of the last questions. Any parting advice for any of our listeners that are out there that are in their the mode of considering the transition or Cameron Brooks or potentially leaving the military? Well, you know, I think um, I would I would recommend, uh, and it sounds fairly obvious, I don't know that I did a great job of this, but I would recommend just having an honest conversation um, with yourself, you know, initially with yourself and then expanded to your family, but just about what's important in your life uh, and your career. You know, there's so many different facets to uh, an opportunity, a specific role within an organization that you know it's easy to get overwhelmed and and I think that it is helpful if you're able to write down and prioritize you know what are some nice to haves and then what are you not willing to compromise on and and so I think if you walk into a conference, if you don't do that and you walk into a conference or an interview thinking that you know the stars are going to line and everything will be perfect, well you're not really setting yourself up for success so for me personally, I, I wanted to work at a company that shared a similar value system um, you know, to my own and, and one that had a culture in which I was comfortable in and, and, and thought that I could succeed in. Uh, and I wanted to learn quickly. And you know, consulting made sense from the standpoint that it's project-oriented, so you learn a lot of different things in a condensed period of time. Um, you know, I think that the you know experience gained through consulting is unmatchable and you know it's uncomfortable the learning curve steep but um, you know it's it's what I wanted to do but I would I would encourage those folks considering the transition to to really think about what's important to them to prioritize uh, and then it'll be a little bit easier to objectively compare opportunities and you know that's one and then I would say just use the use the resources that are available to you and, and maybe you don't know that they're available to you. I think that the the veteran network is so strong and and veterans are, you know, eager to support other transitioning uh, servicemen and women. So, you know, LinkedIn is such a great tool that I would encourage folks just to, you know, cold call uh people on LinkedIn, send messages, say hey, you know, this is my position interested in, in possibly pursuing a career in, you know, whatever industry or uh, opportunity may be out there. And I think that you'd be overwhelmed at, at how accommodating people will be with their time and, um, you know, willing to willing to, to give advice. So I would say, you know, those those two things, just spend some time and, and self-reflection and then seek out, um, you know, uh, lessons learned from other people. I think that's the best way that, that you can learn um, about what's out there just by talking to, to people who understand the position that you're in. That's great. Um, and uh, uh, I really appreciate you being on the, on the podcast with us this week. And, and uh, thank you for your time. Any other words of advice or wisdom you want to close out with today, Nick? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I, uh, you know, appreciate you having me on again, Joel. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, thanks for everything that yourself and others at Cameron Brooks have done for me. And so I guess just keep up the great work. Look forward to uh, touching base with you soon. Thank you, Nick, for being on. Really appreciate your time today. All right. You bet, Joel. Take care. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of our podcast. Of course, if you want to learn more, go to our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. And, and you can also order PCS to Corporate America. 
Please continue to listen to our podcast. We appreciate you uh, joining us and hope you're learning a lot. If you ever have any ideas or suggestions of topics you'd like to hear covered, feel free to email me at joel at cameron